Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest for this episode is John Hinners, Senior Vice President of Industry Relations for the U.S. Meat Export Federation. John, let's begin with a brief overview on the work that USMEF does and specifically what your role is all about. Oh, thanks, Mark. A uh, little bit about the U.S. Meat Export Federation. We're a nonprofit organization with 19 offices uh, strategically located around the world. We're headquartered in Denver, Colorado, but most of the work that uh, we do is things that you don't see because they're promoting uh, U.S. red meats in different countries around the world through a staff of over 100 individuals. A question that you've probably heard a lot in the last 18 months, but as far as how the COVID pandemic has impacted U.S. meat exports, how would you describe the impact? Well, I think we've learned a few things as we look at this past year, year and a half. Uh, certainly, uh, we've had to uh, adapt our programs. Um, especially in some of those countries that were heavily related on food service. Uh, as you know, there's been lockdowns in countries to where consumers couldn't go to the restaurants and cafeterias to uh, purchase meals. So what had happened is, you know, we relied on new innovative e-commerce uh, delivery platforms to where food could get delivered. We uh, upped our game at the retail level where, um, you know, we've gotten very innovative in teaching people how to cook protein again. Pretty exciting. So as uh, we move out of this uh, pandemic in some of these countries, you know, I think we've got a few more tools in the toolbox to uh, promote U.S. beef, U.S. pork, and U.S. lamb. We're visiting today on behalf of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. So let's talk about the importance of relationships like USMEF has with the corn growers in Minnesota, and I'm sure other states too, why that's so important and how one organization helps the other one out. You bring up a good point. You know, in agriculture, there's many things that we can do to collaborate. One of those things that's very unique in the United States is our grain feeding. You know, we've got a very high quality corn fed beef program in the United States. And, you know, those beef cattle, they consume a tremendous amount of corn. Just in, in addition to what uh, we produce for our own domestic supply, we essentially export an additional uh, close to 15% of our beef supply outside the United States, and that's a premium product. So if we can tout that corn-fed beef to consumers around the world that are willing to pay for a premium product, you know, it's a win-win for not only corn farmers, but uh, those in the livestock industry. How do you connect those international, those foreign buyers with the farmers in a state like Minnesota that produce the corn that goes into the feed, do you invite them to to come to the farm? Do you have some of the farmers maybe virtually share their stories? How do you make those connections? I think in traditional years, we've hosted trade teams to the state of Minnesota. Your state uh, in, the, in the surrounding states that have corn and, and livestock are some of the most beautiful uh, areas in the United States. So, you know, in the summertime, they, they showcase well, you know, and then uh, by being able to provide some of these international buyers with that premium meat, that taste of that, that delicious marbling that you have 
that you can only find basically through great genetics here in the United States and in corn feeding, those buyers are, they're hooked. And they want to provide that product, whether it's through a five-star hotel or whether it's a, a retail store in uh, Seoul, Korea. Education is key. If you can't do it in person, you know, we've had to adapt and and we've created videos and, and we're constantly educating the trade about how sustainable our product is today, how we look at what we can produce today with less natural resources. And quite frankly, we've just become better with our messaging and what we're doing and our practices on the farm to not only create uh, feed corn, but also uh, that delicious uh, U.S. beef, pork, and lamb. You shared some data with me that reflects the value that U.S. meat exports bring to corn growers. Uh, For example, in 2020, the market value of beef and pork exports to Minnesota, Minnesota corn equaled $190 million. I think that would surprise a lot of people. And then there are some other figures, too, that that are pretty eye-opening, John. Well, definitely. You know, when you look at the entire uh, complex and and what we do as far as red meat exports, it's pretty exciting to see the value that uh, we've been able to drive just in the corn in the corn market. You know, just the from the state of Minnesota alone in, in uh, 2020, you know, of course, we don't know what this crop's going to be like yet in 2021, but we were able to add 11.5% to the bushel of corn's value. And you say, well, what is that? Well, that's 41 cents. You know, the corn price has changed quite a bit in a year. And, but you go back in, in 2020 when the average corn price for that year was $3.52. At 41 cents, just on the red meat export uh, side of things, is pretty impactful. And you take that, I think we were looking in 2020, Mark, I think this is kind of an interesting statistic. We averaged 192 bushels per acre in the state of Minnesota. So you take that 192 bushels times 41 cents, red meat exports had a $78.72 impact on Minnesota corn farmers per acre. $78.72. So it's a win-win for the corn checkoff to be investing in red meat exports. It's a win-win for corn producers to go out and promote. They have uh, livestock in their portfolio. They have biofuels in their portfolio. They have bulk exports of corn in their portfolio. But U.S. red meat is a piece of that, and it's significant. So uh, you need it all in agriculture today. Let's turn our gaze, if you will, to the remainder of 2021 and then ahead to 2022. And as you think about key markets for uh, U.S. beef, U.S. pork going forward, which countries come to mind? Well, you know, you cannot ignore these countries. And, and I don't have them in a specific order, but Japan, South Korea, Mexico, China, Taiwan, those are key markets. Canada, you know, those are key markets for red meat uh, exports. So, you know, so important uh, that we are able to keep those trading partners and, and work hand-in-hand with them on red meat exports. You know, you take a, a country like Japan, for example, uh, they're self-sufficient. Uh, you know, they can't raise the cattle. Um, they can't raise the hogs in that particular country. So anytime uh, they need to buy uh, meat, we're going to hope that it comes from the United States. You know, that's good for our farmers. It's good for our corn production. And certainly, if we can add value, it, it just builds net worth into our rural American uh, towns and, and counties. So 
you know, we want them to buy from the United States. So we're going to do everything that we can uh, to continue to, to promote, you know, beef, pork and lamb in, in a lot of these countries around the world. John, you mentioned Canada and Mexico. You mentioned China. You mentioned Japan. And I think about these trade agreements. There's USMCA phase one with China and perhaps a phase two. There's the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and maybe the U.S. looks to re-enter into that deal. And I guess my question to you has to do with the new administration, what we know about their stance on trade, and whether or not you and the U.S. Meat Export Federation would like to hear or learn more about the direction that this administration is going as far as trade is concerned. Well, I think, you know, I think... When you look at uh, what we do, we, we work hand in hand with our, our government each and every year. year. And, you know, we know there's always been different parties um, that have been in the White House. And I think what's exciting to me, you know, you've got to look at USDA and some of their um, career employees. You know, they understand trade. Uh, they work hand in hand with us. And we, we're very hopeful that no matter what administration's in the White House, that Trade remains a key component to their overall mission. And, um, you know, I think we've got good people. Our producers constantly are are working with our elected officials, uh, reminding them about how valuable trade is, especially in agriculture. When we look at the beef industry, for example, $8.5 billion worth of exports and pork, uh, very similar in, in that number, you know, over over uh, 15 and a half billion dollars uh, and, and growing 16 billion dollars in exports, you know, those are key numbers, you know, and you say, well, what does that mean to an, an average cattleman or average pork producer? Well, it's $350 per head on cattle and, you know, $65 a head on, on hogs, you know, that starts to add up. So, you know, we need this uh, trade and we need smart people to continue to be engaged in uh, international marketing. And it's a win-win for agriculture. So unfortunate or fortunate, however you want to look at it, we're very efficient in what we do. And we can produce more than we can consume here in the United States. So we've got to find markets to be able to sell to and share our wealth of ag goods around the world. Let's spend a couple of additional minutes on China since that country reopened its doors to U.S. beef. And then following that, we did have a phase one trade agreement. You hear a lot about corn and soybeans that have been exported to China, also pork because of African swine fever there. But John, I don't know that I've I've heard a lot about the beef business and, and how our beef exports are doing in China. How would you describe that? Well, we're on a record pace. You know, just 2021, if you, if you could see a pie chart in front of you, it would just it would kind of blow your mind on uh, the amount of product that's moving into China. And here's the thing. It's not all the ribeye steaks and New York strips that, uh, boy, we like to throw on the grill. And it's a lot of different variety meats, a lot of what we call short plate, the belly meat, a lot of slicing and dicing of that product that might traditionally go into the grind uh, or into some type of mix. So, you know, we've got to find markets for all this product. So what's maybe not on our menu every night, boy, if we can sell a some of these variety meats to a country that uh, value that and and want to put that on their plate, it's going to be a win-win. Uh, China's been a huge market for the United States, and it's going to continue to be a growing market for the United States. So 
Um, just like to share that with you, and it's exciting to see China. But by all means, we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. So that's why we have a diversified portfolio in, in dealing with exports. We've covered a lot of ground. Any other direction, though, that you want to make sure we go in before we wrap up? Well, I think you got to look at you know where we've been putting some of our money from a, a corn checkoff perspective. Uh, Korea, for example, uh, 50 million consumers. They're one of our largest pound-per-pound consumers of U.S. beef. You know, they'll eat more U.S. beef than any other consumer around the world. They understand flavor, value. So Korea's been a a great market to where we've invested some of our corn checkoff dollars into e-commerce. Today, we can uh, get on our computers if we're in Seoul, Korea, and, you know, you've got access to over 40 million consumers. Uh, You can have product delivered. 30 minutes, uh, 35 minutes from a grocery store. It's just phenomenal how things have changed so quickly. You know, uh, think about how we have pizza delivery in, in some of our areas and cities and so forth. They're getting whole grocery carts delivered in the same time amount of time. It's uh, it's incredible. And, and Japan, the innovation that's going in, in that market as well, meal-ready kits, consumers want convenience. They're willing to pay for it, especially as they have more money. And we've been very innovative in working with our importers and providing, uh, you know, some of the safest and most wholesome protein in the world. So it's a win-win for everybody. We're just happy that uh, we're able to work for the producers here in the United States and add value to whether it's uh, a kernel of corn or a soybean or a pound of meat or a pound of pork or a pound of lamb. You know, we're all in this together. And as a nonprofit organization, the U.S. Meat Export Federation is very proud to have a a volunteer network of leaders that believe in the mission and putting U.S. meat on the world's table. And as we conclude, where would you point our listeners if they're interested in learning more about USMEF? You can find more information about our organization, USMEF.org, how we work with the various uh, commodity organizations here in the United States. And we have nine sectors that uh, make up our uh, executive team so um, they can learn about that and how they can learn about how to get involved we're 45 years old in this uh, 2021 so got a pretty good track record so we're excited to be a nonprofit organization working on behalf of u.s agriculture and for more on minnesota corn and how checkoff dollars are being utilized visit mncorn.org